Hi there, welcome to our Equip Teaching. And, and so Jan and I are going to do some, some dialogue teaching around uh, the Apostle Paul's lockdown life. We just thought it was really appropriate given how long we're all locked down. And actually he spent a lot of time in one form or other lockdown and, and yet there's some great lessons we can learn. So we're going to look at that together today. And this is all material in preparation for our Equip week which is february the 7th where we're all going to get together on zoom there'll be a chance to just review this uh, we'll go into breakout groups chat about it apply things to our life get encouraged by one another and by what we find in scripture so it's all our, our desire to to get encouraged in these times by what the scripture teaches us and, and we're, we're also aware that that for lots of us this is exhausting this is this is challenging it's really tempting just to put what God might be wanting to do in your in your life or through your life on hold till this lockdown or or the, even this pandemic is over, uh, and we just we just feel out of this that there's actually encouragement for Paul not to do that, and and you'll you'll hear as we go through the the different ways that he he found to to not get locked in by the lockdown that that he was experiencing. So so we totally get it. We totally get that these if you're homeschooling kids trying to do your job um this is this is a challenging time for everybody unprecedented not something is is a word that has been used so often but it's not something any of us have experienced in in more than a generation so and yet we know god's in it we know god's on it and he's got great things for us to learn so uh, way we're going to do this we're just going to do you a quick summary i mean you can read any or all of this in your own time but Jan is going to do an awesome summary right now <laughs> and then we're going to dialogue on some of the things we've, we've been learning from Paul's life uh so so Jan go for it give us give us a, yeah yeah a I mean digest of his life I know we digest his life so obviously you know there's the key we're going to get into a moment the key in prison um, moment with Paul and Silas but then you know, we had Paul who, um, if you remember, he was arrested in Jerusalem by Roman soldiers as a Jewish mob tried to kill him. Really, they, they took him into prison, I, I guess, for his own safety, um, where he was then sent on to um, Felix, who was the governor in Caesarea. And he was actually sent under armed guard. There were hundreds of soldiers actually who sent him. You can yeah. read about it in Acts yourself. Um, and then he, he found out, the reason he was sent was because he found out via his nephew that more than 40 men had taken an oath to kill him. Not a lot of fun for him to have that, you know, weighing on him. Um, and there he spent uh, two years in prison. Um, and I think, you know, we'll get into what that must have been like for him. Um, and then, you know, Felix was replaced by Festus. And we're not going to get into the detail of all those, you know, conversations that happened. But essentially, he appealed to Caesar and then was uh, sent by ship to Rome under a centurion guard and uh, was on board and survived uh, a two-week storm, which yeah. led to an eventual shipwreck on Malta. Um, and when he uh, was on Malta, he actually then they stayed there um, for three months, really, because it was kind of through the winter before they were able to board another ship. And then he arrived in Rome and lived, um, with a, a soldier assigned to guard him, we read in Acts 28, and then you know later on in the 28 verses 30 to 31, we we read that he was in captivity or under house arrest, so not in prison, but um, for two years, 
um, he was uh, under house arrest and he could actually have people come and visit him and he could teach about Jesus without hindrance, but not allowed to leave his house. So very much like us, uh, although we get to exercise, he didn't. He was in... And go to the shops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go to the shops, go to the pharmacy. He was not able to do that. He was under house arrest, so basically a prison, but in a house. Um where he wrote um, Ephesians, he wrote Philippians and Colossians uh, while oh. he was under uh, in prison and under house arrest as well. Um, and he wrote um, personal letters to Philemon and also wrote to uh, Timothy. Timothy, yeah. yeah. So lots we can learn. Yeah, there's some oh. discussion about that one that Tim, Timothy Second Timothy was written on a on a, on a second arrest or house arrest in Rome before he actually died there, yeah. but yeah, it was still written written in uh, under house arrest or arrest. Yeah. So, so yeah, lots we can learn. Do you want to uh, kick us off, Andy, with the incredible Paul and Silas a uh, prison? Yeah. Let's talk about that. So you can find that in, in uh, Acts 16, 25 to 26. Uh, and so they've been arrested and they're in the deepest, darkest prison. They're right in the middle of it. And it just records that around midnight, they're singing and praising God. Now, these these uh, these weren't like modern prisons. Now, modern prisons aren't attractive, but these, these places were cold, damp, rat-infested, and they were in chains. They were right in the middle of this thing. And you find them both singing and praising God. Uh, and then the story goes on that that, that they actually there's a like an, an earthquake and they get released and all the doors swing open and the the jailer's about to kill himself, but they're still there. Um, and, and what what really struck me about that story is, as I thought about it is and challenges me about it is their heart for Jesus. Um, you know, they didn't have an audience. They weren't getting ready for church. They'd got no ministry on. There was no, no like peer pressure to perform. And, and, and I don't even think they knew they were going to get released if they worshipped. They just did. That was what was flowing out of them. Uh, and it reminded me a bit about David, you know, before he's king, before he's really known, we do know that he's on a hillside with a load of sheep, but he's a worshipper and yeah. he's, he's, it's worshipping and it's coming out of a, a heart just to of love for God, enjoying his presence, giving him praise because he's worthy. He's he enjoys the joy of the Lord. All of that's going on, and even in these stinky, horrible conditions for, for these two. Um, just, that just struck me that this is spontaneous. It's unconditional. It's not like, it's not like, well, God will worship you if you let us get out of here or, <laughs> yeah. you know, We'll worship you for having a nice time, or um, that I, I find that really, really incredible and really challenging. What about you? Jan? I mean, I think I think for me, I mean, you guess you can you think, oh, they're just in, you know they're in prison. It's dark, but you, you have to remember that they were stripped and they were beaten with rods on their bare backs, oh, yeah, and then they were thrown one. in and put in chains or stocks. And so it's not like you know, not only are they in an inner dark dungeon prison or whatever. But they're also cold. They would be sore and in pain physically. Um, I'm sure, given that it was midnight that at this point, that you know they might be hungry. Um, and I think, I guess for me, it's just like if I was physically, I'd been beaten um, with rods on my bare back. If I was physically in pain, I was cold and hungry. I'd probably be pretty grumpy. And I'm sure I, could, I might have prayed. In fact, I probably would have prayed. 
but would I have found it in myself to worship? And I think that's hugely challenging as, you know, like here they are and they're, you know, it's not just that they're locked down, that they're actually suffering physically and yeah. yet they praise. Um, I think the other thing that um, in the Passion Translation, it says that Paul and Silas undaunted, they prayed. Um, and undaunted mm. is basically being courageous and resolute in the face of Brilliant. danger or difficulty, which is amazing. But I think what I also love is it wasn't just like, it doesn't say, you know, Paul prayed and uh, led them in worship and Silas joined in or vice versa, but that it was just the automatic natural heart response out of both of them that actually that, you know, whether it was Paul had rubbed off in Silas or whoever, but that that was just the way that they functioned. It wasn't, you know, they'd almost it was trained themselves to yeah. just be worshippers and lovers of Jesus and in spite of what was happening around them, which I um, really find incredible that actually in spite of the pain that they, they, you know, they chose to pour their love out of their hearts by just, you know, worshiping the top of their lungs. Uh, I'm really, yeah, I'm really challenged by that. I mean, there's days, I'm, I guess we're all like this, there's days I'm waking up, I'm just like, I'm so bored of this. I'm so want out of this. <laughs> so, so on something of a life back. Um, so, you know, I haven't been beaten re- with rods or, but yeah. I'm still, still feeling grumpy. So to, you, you know, stir myself, find a way to focus on the Lord. And that, that's, I, I, you have to do that with yourself. It's like David, again, I think he, he tells himself to bless the Lord because sometimes there's something in, in me anyway that says, you know, I, I don't fancy it today. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just lift my hands in the kitchen or because we don't always have lots of time, particularly if you're trying to homeschool and all the rest of it with everything else going on. But, you know, you can just lift your hands to him and, say thank you jesus on the way to the loo or even or even in the loo you know there's not (laughs) (laughs) i don't think he minds and i think i think he's not marking us out of 10 on how great a song we sang or even how much time we spent it's just that we took a moment to turn our hearts to him and said jesus we love you um this this life is really difficult but i love you i praise you and then you're on to the next thing i think i think absolutely think he loves all that so Amazing. Um, And then, of course, there's the whole jailer story and this whole household getting, you know, coming to Jesus and getting baptised. And that was incredible. You know, what struck me as you were telling the the, the rest of the story, you know, because this was one of the beginnings of his lockdown, like, because he got released from this one. But I wonder if if it was me, I'd be like, you know, in my next lockdown, I'd be like, let's let's do that worship thing again, because we're going to get out. But of course, it never never happens again. he doesn't have that. Doesn't seem to have that formulaic approach to to, to this, which I would pr- be prone to oh, do. Oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so, and I think, I mean, what I love. Are we anything else we want to say on Paul Silas before we jump on to his next prison? No, I think I think there's lots to cover. In well, there's not. Yeah. Move on to his uh, his longer imprisonments. I think um, one of the things that really um, challenged me um, about Paul was um, just the way that he, you know, so obviously he wrote Ephesians while he was, um, you know, in in prison. And and he he said in Ephesians 2 um, that we're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 
And actually, what I love is that Paul did not stop being who he was. He yeah. knew that God had prepared good works for him and he walked in them regardless of his circumstances. And so, you know, when we, when we read in um, Philippians, I was just just affected about, by this afresh was when he, he says in uh, Philippians 1, 12 to 14, I want you to know, brothers, that what uh, has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. What a perspective shift that one is. Mm. So that it's become mm. known through the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much, much, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. And then, you know, later in Philippians 4, all the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. So, you know, not only is he, you know, preaching the word of God and talking to people about Jesus and then the imperial guard and Caesar's household are hearing it and Caesar's household, people are coming to faith. But actually that that injection of courage into the other believers who were like, oh, if Paul can do what he's doing, then I can do it too. And so I just love that he he didn't stop being who he was. He realized there was yeah. things God had in store for him, and he. Um, he I, you know, I'm really excited about like our Alpha team because like the desire to get the gospel out there despite lockdown, kind of motivating them to do this online Alpha and you know seeing three people come to faith and uh, when we can they want to be baptized and they want to join. The, one's in a small group already i mean that's the kind of heartbeat of paul isn't it uh how do we do this oh we'll 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 try this online and and then because the gospel still works even even when we're shut in in some way it's it's fantastic um and i just like the way that he he never stopped like you're saying never stopped being him he never stopped because sometimes when we think about identity it's like well i'm a child of god but his identity was a child of God called to be an apostle. He was commissioned to do to do something, and he just found a way to do it wherever he was. Like you said, out all the letters that he wrote. That I'm like, he found an outlet. Here he is. He's stuck stuck there on house arrest. Right. I'll write to these churches. I'll 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 and, and, and I'll pray for them. And I'll write my revelation to them. And I'll. I'll, I'll write a letter like Philemon. It's possible we'd still have slavery if he hadn't written Philemon. It was quite a key uh, letter, quite key part of the Bible for the anti-slavery thing of the 19th century. And you think, wow, wow, Paul, you found a way. You found a way to keep sharing gospel or teaching the kingdom. It says everybody who came to the house is teaching the kingdom. Yeah. Um, I feel like, yeah, you know, even though it's tiring and tough, there are ways that we can keep being ministers to the gospel. We've got, we've just got more, we've got more. We, he's given us more than just enough to get through. I, I just feel there's everybody's going to have a chance to be a massive blessing to someone who, who needs it to, I don't know, pray for them to share something of the good, good news to pray for them to be well, or what just there's an outlet for, for us in, even in, our stuckness as it were that there must there must be ways that we can express yeah. the love of god the power of god to others i remember um you know a friend of ours um andy and i would would and a few others as we we're chatting with a friend of ours who's um leads a church in europe and one of the things that they do um with their church is they have um when they have their church zoom is they they turn their computers around to look out onto the streets they live in and they, they all pray for the street 
that they yeah. that they live on, and actually, what they've seen is just remarkable opportunities to speak to people about Jesus, to pray for them, to bless them, to give to them, to you know all sorts of things, and just that impact that you can have uh, in the street that God's placed you. It's been no accident that you live in the home that you do, um, and so I guess it's just it's having a different mindset and thinking, okay, well, I'm called by God. There's certain gifts that he's given me. He's, mm. There's promises over my life. And how are they going to be outworked? What am I going to do to partner with heaven whilst I am where I am? And I think that was, you know, Paul was not hindered by circumstances, which I think is hugely challenging for us and a key, key lesson to take away um, for sure. Yeah, and I think we were talking about earlier, I think part of Paul's sense of purpose or sense of who he was, it's really interesting he didn't kind of create this protest. He, he, he was focused on the kingdom in a positive way. He wanted to bring the righteousness, the peace, the joy, the, you know, the kingdom of God isn't words but power. He wanted to bring the power of God into the circumstances he was in, even that shipwreck thing, you know, an angel comes to him, he tells them what's going to happen, and, and probably because, because of him, they all survive, or even though it's sort of washed up on a on a beach on the wreckage. But he he's constantly, rather than being a kind of campaigner and riling against the injustice of whatever's going on in his life, which is pretty unjust, you know, the, the charges against him were, were uh, you know, invented really, and you think that's amazing and that's like Jesus Jesus submitted to what was going on and, and, and I think we live in a day where people are really questioning the validity of government information or some people are government information and I don't know vaccine and and, and, and I get it I get the distrust but actually the exhortation for us to submit to our leaders you know secular leaders which is there in Romans 13 and in uh, 1 Peter 2 it, it, it isn't based on us trusting them it's based on us trusting God yeah. uh, and and then uh, you know obeying the Lord's instruction in that and then that sets us free to do what Paul did which is bring the life of God into every situation we're in which is what really people need they want to taste a different kingdom a different reality yeah. the power of God you know whatever is going on in their life if they encounter the peace of God it's not it's like no other piece i was talking to barbara the other day barbara jenkinson and she's just reminding me of the, the spiritual fairs they do and people there have tasted power but as soon as they taste jesus power they're like oh there's nothing like this and and, and that's what we are we can take jesus power to the highest courts the highest levels of power in the land or to the the meekest and the lowest that and it still works. It's still amazing. It's still the best. Definitely. <laughs> Amen to all that. I'm going to have the, have the appeal now. <laughs> so good. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. I think the other thing that struck me about Paul um, is just how many times, like, you know, you've, you remember that in the Philippians, Ephesians and Colossians, he is in prison. Um, and actually, you know, whether that's house arrest or, you know, an actual prison, yeah. but, he, you know, he's imprisoned, he's locked down. And the number of times he says to the people he's writing letters to that he prayed for them actually um, convicts me, I have to say. 
I mean, yeah. he he says, you know, we will not cease to pray for you. We always thank God for you when we pray for you. I thank my God in remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, and making my prayer with joy. I continue steadfastly in prayer. I mean, he just yeah. prays and prays. And then there's that incredible like exhortation that he gives us that we're not to be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving to let our requests be made known to God so that the peace of God will guard our heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And I guess for me, I mean, I, my question to myself is how is my prayer life going in this season? Am I choosing prayer? Um, are you are you choosing prayer instead of anxiety are you partnering mm -hmm. with jesus as the prince of peace are you letting him fill you rather than fear fill you and rather it's than just, i think you're saying earlier, it's just too easy to i mean the news is there isn't it and we've got it on our phones it's just too easy to get your head full and heart full of of that and I, you know i quite like to keep up, up to date with the news but at the minute it's same old same old but uh yeah, turn our hearts to him, mate, it's, it's, it makes a total difference. And, you know, those verses you're all quoting, key thing in there is, I'm always struck by how grateful he is, he's with thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, here I am under house arrest, thank you, Jesus. I think it was a bit more wholehearted than that. I think he was yeah, like, yeah. thank you for this, thank you, I know, there's, there's food in my stomach, I, I have breath in my body, uh, thank you that you're looking after me. Uh, you know, he was able to give thanks. Oh, yeah, incredibly. And I think, you know, I remember um, so as I was just kind of preparing for just having this conversation, one of the versions in the New King James um, talks in Colossians 2, um, so it basically says, um, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, am I abounding with thanksgiving? Are you? I mean, I think that just that, I mean, prayer and thanksgiving, like, you know, starting our day being like, wow, thank you, God, for this new day. Thank you, Holy yeah. Spirit, that you yeah. live in me. Thank you, Jesus, that you are um, my Prince of Peace, that I'm joined to you, that I'm in you as you're in me and you're in the Father. Thank you, Father, that you sent Jesus to, like, you know, redeem the whole world and, you know, bring me into relationship with you. And there's so... And actually what starts to happen is you get thankful, you just get filled with joy and you get excited and then you're just like, what? And then you want to praise and then, you know, out of your heart bursts um, I, I have time of love for, towards God. I do it on purpose. Like, you, you know, my prayer time is I'm just going to go through everything, like practical things, family, thank you for my family, thank you for my kids and my grandkids and and and, and just and do it out loud. I do it on purpose. I, I'm not that kind of regular, you know, every Tuesday I do it, but it happens regularly because I want to be deliberate to, because you have to, some of these things you have to be deliberate to cultivate that, that attitude. Otherwise it just kind of slides away from us too easily. And what would you say from before you started in that to when you're finished, what would you say that the changes in you? Like, how do you feel at the beginning and end? Oh, oh for sure. More, more appreciative, more buoyant more full of faith more joyful is because it, it, it's this um your your heart is filled with what he is doing rather than focused on what not happening or what isn't enough you know that and I think that's a key yeah. thing for us all Definitely. to learn absolutely I think Paul just 
so helpful by giving us that vital key that we would well, yeah, not had. What a mind! Are you saying this about you know set your minds on? He he was able to do something in that, wasn't he? The the, the do you want to say a bit about that? The, the way yeah, I mean, the, I think I think just his um, you know, we were having a chat earlier, and I think the thing about Paul is his attitude and his focus was mm. really key. So in Ephesians three one, he says, "I Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus." And there's a perspective right there. <laughs> He's mm. not saying, I, Paul, a prisoner of Felix or Festus or Caesar. He is saying, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. And so regardless of his circumstances, you know, he, he didn't know what, you know, he couldn't have predicted when he was going to come out of that, what the outcome was going to be. But actually he trusted God. It's and like he, saying, I, Andy, in a Jesus lockdown. <laughs> I mean, it's that, it's that level of perspective of, Oh lock, lock down for Jesus. Lock, um, Hi, Jan. Locked down for Jesus. Yeah. So I interrupted you, but it is that level of, oh, that's a different perspective. He's not oh, yeah. working on seeing that this is all the works of men and. But I think, it, and actually, you know, it was in um, Philippians and also in Colossians, you know, which Paul, you know, to think about this, Paul's sitting in, in lockdown and he's writing these letters and he's writing what he's living in some sense yeah. of, you know, sense of it. So when he's saying to seek things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God and to set your mind on things that are above, not on the things of the earth, actually, he's he's teaching us, I believe, what he was doing. Uh, which is a vital key yeah. that actually he's not, you know, sitting there thinking, woe is me, how long am I going to have to endure this? This is so rubbish. I feel terrible. I'm cold. I'm hungry. don't have any pals. I've got no company. You know, where's God in all of this? When is it going to end? When is it going to end? And then and then in Philippians 4, 8, I'm not going to read it all. You guys can do, but you know that whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is honourable, whatever is pure, whatever is just, if there's anything worthy or excellent, think about those things. And again, just a real key of what are we going to do with our thoughts? And and actually, I guess even in this season, what are we spending time thinking about? Um, mm. Are we thinking about things that are praiseworthy? Are we setting our mind on heaven? I think one version I read said that, you know, um, let heaven fill your thoughts I'm like ooh, I like that one let heaven fill your thoughts am yeah. I letting heaven fill my thoughts I mean I'm trying to and I think it's... we tend to uh, I'll talk about this a bit more in the podcast now there's a Wednesday podcast coming out every Wednesday the idea of set your mind that Colossians 3 is particularly uh, talks about this but I've been studying it some more and it's um, it's a Greek word that's used often about where we put our mind and Paul uses it uses it in Romans 8 about the mindset on the spirit is life and peace the mindset on the flesh is death but actually it it's it's more than just your thoughts it it, it's a Greek word that includes your feelings and your thinking it's 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 visceral it's set your feeling thinking so it's emotional as well as rational and so what he's what you're pointing to is not just what's filling his brain cells, but what's filling yeah. his heart is like, um, th- th- this is, you know, we talk about renewing the mind. This is renewing the mind in a wholesome way. And, and, and I think it's so helpful to, to, to realize that and then ask Holy Spirit to get our emotions and our thinking tuning in 
to how he thinks and feels about us and how he thinks and feels about our circumstances rather than just let's have the right things going on in my brain it's almost like set the inner you (laughs) everything that's the inside of you on you know set the inner you and things that are evolving on on the reality of heaven again if we kind of lean into our own efforts it can become hard work and there's something you know if you're watching this listening to this and you're there you know with two three four kids whatever but it's the holy spirit in us empowers us to transformation and and, and, and it's, it's that resting into Jesus who has already won counts right now. I mean, that counts when we're struggling with pandemic and lockdown. It's like, ah, oh, I receive the work that Jesus has done. I, I rest into the Jesus who's around me and lives inside me. Um, that, that's just, that, there's more of that on the podcast, but yeah, it's good stuff, Jen. Good. And I think as well, like Paul like his attitude was just one which is hugely challenging of, you know, learning to be content. That he said that, you know, I've learned in whatever situation I'm in, you know, I, I am to be, you know, to be content. He knows how to be brought low, know how to abound in any and every circumstance. You know, he, he's learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and need, and he can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. Isn't that a challenge? Just hugely challenging. Humorist society. You know, consumerism is based on them, everybody not being content. You know, you need more, earn more, buy more to make you get more to make you happy. Uh, this is the opposite because it's yeah. the kingdom of heaven is the opposite kingdom, isn't it? We come and from that, that place of right. peace. And but I think remembering that he wrote this when he was locked down. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the thing I keep coming back to is like that he's saying that he's learned to be content in any and every circumstance, which is hugely challenging for us. Like, are you content in your circumstance right now? And what does that mean for how we think, what we believe in the inside, how we talk, all the how we act? Points, Jen. I'm really impressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm just going to hit you where it's, you know, going to hurt in a good way. Um, but I think, you know, how do we, how are we talking? How are we thinking what's going on then what's our inner us how's that going how are we acting you know are we you know are we have we learned what it is to be content and if not what are we going to do about it and i think that's part of praying (laughs) help me rapidly running out of time could you believe um and uh i think it would be so good to just want to mention his legacy and then we can pray and and we'll we'll close this section off yeah, I mean, I think um, when I was looking at this, I think um, one of the things I was just aware of is that actually Paul, um, you know, that if if he wasn't in prison um, while he wrote these letters, the, the likelihood is he probably would have gone to visit the churches. You know, some of them he'd been to before, others he hadn't. And actually he would have potentially, it would have just taught it, you know, orally, he would have stood and chatted to them all about and taught them everything in person. But because he was in lockdown, he actually, you know, put pen to paper or he had other people help him write. Um, and actually without without him having done what he's he did, I mean, if he'd have sat there and felt sorry for himself, <laughs> we wouldn't have had the incredible letters. And, and actually the church would have been poorer for not having Colossians and Philippians. And, you know what? Uh, if it wasn't for lockdown, we probably wouldn't be doing this and this will be recorded and live in digital world forever do you, do you think you know <laughs> in 20 years time someone will be digging up this 
this is a podcast and going so good they're in lockdown look at all this stuff that they recorded that they wouldn't have done otherwise we, I know, but, but, amazing. <laughs> but he left you know all thousands of years later we're being impacted by his letters yeah. and actually i think um for us it's just that challenge of like well, what are you know what kind of legacy are we going to leave what are the things that god's got for us to do in this season that actually, you know, we come out of and look back and think, wow, like, look at those lessons I learned or look at that incredible stuff God did in and through my life. Um, okay, I'm just going to quickly pray because our, our, our time is up. I knew we would blether on. So, <laughs> Heavenly Father, thanks for everybody who's listening in, watching yeah. in, and we just speak blessing over their lives. Holy Spirit, strength to each one of us right now in Jesus' name that we can live and thrive in our lockdown life like Paul did. Amen. Amen.